إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله ستدبر عند حديث أبو العباس سهل بن سعد الساعدي رضي الله عنه قال أتى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رجل فقال يا رسول الله دلني على عمل إذا عملته أحبني الله وأحبني الناس فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ازهد في الدنيا يحبك الله وازهد فيما في أيدي الناس يحبك الناس حديث حسن رواه ابن ماجه وغيره باسانيد حسنه in this hadith it mentions that a man came to the messenger of allah and he said o messenger of allah dullani ala amalin direct me show me an action that if i do it it will cause allah and the people to love me it will cause Allah and the people to love me. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Be an ascetic in this world and Allah will love you. Renounce what the people possess and the people will love you. And we'll come to the explanation of what that means now from the words of a Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafidhahullah. The Shaykh mentions, هَذَا حَدِيثٌ عَظِيمٌ This is a great hadith. ذَكَرَ الْعُلَمَا أَنَّهُ مِنْ قَوَاعِدِ الْإِسْلَامِ أَلَّتِي يَسِيرُ عَلَيْهَا الْمُسْلِمِ The scholars have mentioned that this is from the principles of Islam that a Muslim treads upon. فَهَذَا الرَّجُلُ جَاءَ يَسْأَلُ النَّبِيَّ صلى الله عليه وسلم. So this man, he came asking the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم عَنْ عَمَلٍ إِذَا عَمِلَهُ أَحَبَّهُ اللَّهِ وَأَحَبَّهُ النَّاسِ He came to ask the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم about an action that he could do which would have the love of Allah for him and the love of the people. فَهَذَا عَمَلٌ جَلِيلٌ so no doubt this is going to be a great type of action. إِذَا أَحَبَّكَ اللَّهُ وَأَحَبَّكَ النَّاسِ هَذِهِ سَعَادَةٌ وَخَيْرٌ كَثِيرٌ If Allah loves you and the people love you, then indeed this is great uh, goodness and happiness. أَلَّا يَبْغَضَكَ أَحَدٌ That nobody hates you. فَمَا هُوَ الْعَمَلُ الَّذِي تَنَالُ بِهِ رِضَى اللَّهُ وَرِضَى النَّاسِ so what is the action that you can do to gain the love of Allah and the love of the people? وَفِي هَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ رِضَى النَّاسِ مَطْلُوبٌ مَا لَمْ يَكُنْ فِي ذَلِكَ إِثْمٌ وَمَعْصِيَةٌ So this indicates, the Shaykh says, that having the contentment and the pleasure of the people, that is something good, as long as it does not entail any sin or wrongdoing. Not to gain the love of the people through committing innovations or sins or wrongdoing. 
But having the contentment and the love of the people, then generally that's good. As long as it is not in sinning or disobedience or affairs of that nature. So the man came to ask the Prophet ﷺ, What can I do for Allah to love me and for the people to love me? So the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Izhad fi dunya yuhibbuka Allah. Wazhad fi ma fi aidin nas yuhibbuka nas. The Prophet ﷺ said to him, Have zuhd. And what does it mean to have zuhd? Zuhd, the Shaykh says, as zuhdu huwa tark. It is to leave something. Ya'ani utruku dunya. So the Prophet ﷺ meant, i.e., leave the world. Meaning, don't run after the worldly affairs. وَلَيْسَ الْمُرَادُ أَن تَتْرُكَ مَا تَحْتَاجُ إِلَيْهِ And the meaning of that isn't that you leave things that you actually need. There are needs that we all have. It doesn't mean that you leave the actual needs that you are in need of. But those affairs that you are not in need of from these worldly affairs, then don't go running behind those worldly affairs whatever type that may be from the wealth or the possessions or the luxuries, then don't go running after these worldly affairs. Have the zuhud with regards to this world, i.e. leave those affairs, leave these uh, affairs from the world. As for what you actually need and what you require, then you must seek after that. The shaykh says, وَمَا تَسْتَغْنِي بِهِ مِنْ طَلَبِ الرِّزْقِ وَالْكَسْبِ الْحَلَالِ هذا منهي عنه لكن اترك ما لا حاجة لك به فليس الزهد ترك المباحات التي تحتاجها أنت وأولادك وإنما الزهد ترك الفضول التي لا تحتاج إليها من الدنيا So the Sheikh says the point of this zuhd in leaving the worldly affairs it doesn't mean that you leave the things that you actually need your sustenance and your provisions to feed yourselves and your families. That is an obligation upon you. Doesn't mean leave all of that. Doesn't mean you sit there at home and you say, I put my trust in Allah, I'm not going to bother working, I'm not going to bother doing anything, the food will just come. That isn't the way of zuhud, that isn't the way of tawakkul upon Allah. Now you're leaving things that you actually need to be doing. The point of this, the Shaykh says is, not to leave things that you and your family and your children are going to need. You have to go and seek for that. But to leave the additional extra things from the worldly affairs that you have no need for. So a Muslim, he behaves properly and with good conduct in seeking after uh, what he requires. وَلَا يَحْرِصُ حِرْصًا شَدِيدًا عَلَى الدُّنْيَا وَعِنْدَهُ مَا يُغْنِي And a person should not be running after the world if you already have what suffices you. If you have what suffices you, then don't make your time and your objective to run after the world and to gather the wealth. فَهَذِهِ قَاعِدًا So this is a principle. اِزْهَدْ فِي الدُّنْيَا يُحِبُّكَ اللَّهِ Have this zuhd with regards to the dunya i.e. not chasing after all of that extra and additional affair that you're not in need of. Leave those affairs that you're not in need of, and Allah will love you. إِذَا زَهَدْتَ فِي الدُّنْيَا أَحَبَّكَ اللَّهِ If you have this type of zuhud with regards to the world, 
the worldly matters, then Allah will love you. فَهَذَا فِيهِ مَدْحُ الزُّهْدِ فِيمَا لَا يَحْتَاجُ إِلَيْهِ الْإِنسَانِ So this therefore has in it praise for this type of zuhd, i.e. that you leave off those worldly affairs that you don't have a need for. Not to waste your time and all of your efforts in chasing after these worldly affairs that you don't have a need for. You have sufficiency. You have sufficiency in what you have for yourself, your family, your needs are fulfilled. Then there's no need to go running after the worldly affairs. So the one who leaves those additional and extra worldly affairs, then that is something praiseworthy. Uses his time in something more beneficial in the worship of Allah in other affairs rather than running after the worldly affairs that he has no need for. So that is something which is praiseworthy. وَفِيهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ عِبَادَهُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And the hadith has within it an evidence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves his believing slaves. Within this hadith is an evidence that Allah loves his believing servants. فَفِيهِ وَصْفُ اللَّهِ بِالْمَحَبَّةِ And in it is the description of Allah, the attribute of Allah of loving. كَمَا أَنَّهُ يَبْغَضُ وَيَكْرَهُ Just as Allah hates and dislikes. وَمَحَبَّةُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى لَيْسَتْ مِثْلَ مَحَبَّةِ الْمَخْلُوقِ And the loving of Allah that Allah loves is not like how we love. So we do not compare the characteristics, the attributes of Allah to our attributes. Uh, and the fact that Allah hates or dislikes, then that does not mean that it is like how we hate and dislike. So the names and attributes of Allah, we do not resemble them or compare them to creation in any way. And that is what Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned in his books of Aqeedah al-Wasatiyyah, for example, Nasifullah bima wasafa bihi nafsah. We describe Allah with that which Allah described Himself with. We attribute to Allah that which Allah attributed to Himself. And then he mentioned later on in the definition, without performing four errors, bila tahrif, Without or bila ta'atil, wala tahrif, wala tamthil, or wala takyif, wala tamthil. Without the rejection or the distortion and the alteration, or the descriptions, or the resemblances. So we do not compare or resemble Allah to creation in His attributes. So these attributes are affirmed to Allah as they are befitting of the majesty of Allah. So Allah loves just as it's mentioned in the hadith regarding Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu when on that day the Prophet said that I'm going to give this flag to somebody tomorrow he loves Allah and his messenger and Allah loves him and the messenger loves him so that also affirmed that Allah loves His believers. And that's the night when the companions, they were looking to, or they were hoping that the Prophet ﷺ would give them the flag. Umar ibn al-Khattab anhu said regarding that, that I never wanted leadership in anything. But on that night, I was hoping that I would be given it. Why? 
not for the sake of leadership, but because they knew whoever got the flag, then it would be a sign that Allah loves that person, and the messenger loves that person, and they wanted to be that person that Allah loves, and the messenger loves. And that's why the Salaf they used to say, لَيْسَ شَأْنُ أَن تُحِبْ It is not the affair, the point isn't that you love Allah and His Messenger, then it really comes down to, أَشَأْنُ فِي أَن تُحَبْ That you are loved, that you are from the believing slaves that Allah loves, and His Messenger loves. So here it's mentioned that Allah loves uh, the ones who have this type of zuhud. وَفِيهِ أَنَّ أُمُورَ الدِّينِ يُسْأَلُ عَنْهَا أَهْلُ الْعِلْمِ Also in this hadith we understand another principle which is that you ask the people of knowledge. Here this man had this query, he had this question, so he went to the Prophet wasallam and he asked, just as Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of remembrance, the knowledge, the scholars, Ask them if you do not know. So here in this hadith we see that too. فَهَذَا الرَّجُلُ سَأَلَ عَنْهَا النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. This man he asked the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. وَلَمْ يَبْتَكِرْ وَلَمْ يَبْتَكِرْ بِأَشَيْئًا مِنْ عِنْدِهِ And he did not bring about anything from his own understanding. لَمْ يَبْتَكِرْ he didn't just bring about something from his own understanding. Rather, when he didn't know, he returned back to the ones with knowledge. And in that time, of course, he returned back to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu The Shaykh says, because if somebody brings about something from themselves, Without the knowledge, without the understanding, without returning to the usul, the people of knowledge, without returning to any of that, bringing about something from yourself, then the shaykh says you will be innovating or bringing something new into this religion, and therefore that person will end up being an innovator. وَكَوْنُكَ تَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَى اللَّهِ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَأْتِ بِهِ الرَّسُولِ سَأَسَلَّمْ تَذُنُّ أَنَّهُ حَسَنْ هَذَا بِدْعَةٌ وَقَبِيحٌ وَمَرْدُودٌ and the fact that maybe somebody brings about something from themselves and they think they are seeking closeness to Allah via this act of theirs that they are doing that they've invented themselves, thinking they're seeking closeness to Allah via it, something which the uh, Qur'an does not mention, something which was not from the Prophet ﷺ, then the shaykh says, even if they think that is a good action, seeking closeness to Allah via it, then it is a bid'ah, qabihun mardud, something evil, corrupt, disgusting, and rejected. It is something rejected. فَأُمُورُ الدِّينِ إِنَّمَا يُسْأَلُ فِيهَا الرَّسُولُ سَأَسَلَّمْ وَمَنْ بَعْدَهُ مِنَ الْعُلَمَاءِ الَّذِينَ هُمْ وَرَثَةُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ So the affairs of the religion, then they are asked to the Prophet wasallam, And then after him, the scholars who inherited from the prophets. وَلَا تُقْدِمْ عَلَى شَيْءٍ تَتَقَرَّبُ بِهِ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَأَنْتَ لَا تَدْرِي هَلْ هُوَ مِنَ الدِّينِ أَوْ لَا And the shaykh says, do not approach anything, any action that you consider, you will be seeking closeness to Allah via it, if you do not actually know whether this affair is from the religion or not. 
Then the Prophet ﷺ also said, "Izhad fi dunya yuhibbukallah, wazhad fi ma fi aydin nas yuhibbukannas." Also, "Izhad fi ma fi aydin nas," meaning, do not have a desire to gain what the people have. Do not have this type of desire to gain what the people have. لا تتطلع إلى ما في أيدي الناس. Don't look towards what people have and build desires. If only I had that, and if only I could try and get that. Don't look at what people have and have this type of desire and this type of uh, uh, enthusiasm to gain and to achieve what they have too. لأنك إذا تطلعت إلى ما في أيديهم وسألتهم أبغضوك. Because if you then seek to gain what they've got. And you go and start asking the people to have what they have. Then the people will dislike you. That you are going and asking them and almost like begging them to get from them what they've got. Then that isn't a good characteristic. And the people will dislike you for doing that. Going and asking them and asking them. لِأَنَّهُمْ لَا يُحِبُّونَ وَلَا يُرِيدُونَ بَذْلَ مَا بِأَيْدِيهِمْ Because the people don't want to have to give away what they've got. This is from the soul of a person, the nature of a person, the wealth and your possessions. You don't want to have to give them away. فَلَا تُحْرِجْهُمْ So do not embarrass them. Don't embarrass the people and say, can we take some of this and can I have some of that? The people will not like you for wanting to go and take their possessions and asking them and embarrassing them. Because they can't then say to you, no, we won't give it to you. They have to then give you some. Then don't behave in this way with the people. فَإِذَا كُنْتَ تُرِيدُ مَحَبَّتَهُمْ فَلَا تَسْأَلْهُمْ If you want them to love you, then don't go asking for these things. Don't go asking, can I have some of this as well, and can I have some of that too? Don't go asking in this way. إِسْتَعِمْ بِاللَّهِ Seek your aid and assistance in Allah. مَهْمَا أَمْكَنَ كَذَلِكَ As much as that is possible for you to do, then be self-sufficient and seek your aid and assistance in Allah, rather than having to ask the people. أما إذا احتجت إلى السؤال فإنه يباح عند الهاجة. As for if an individual was actually in dire need, he was in some necessity, he has to go and ask for help, then it's permissible. The Shaykh says it is permissible if there was a need, there was a necessity, عند الضرورة, عند الحاجة, and a person needs to go and ask from somebody else for help or to take something from them, then of course it's permissible, it is allowed. But as much as you are able to self-suffice without having to ask the people, then that is something which is good. فَإِنَّكَ عِنْدَمَا تُثْقِلُ عَلَيْهِمْ سَيُبْغِذُونَكَ Because if you become a burden upon the people, asking them for various affairs, whatever it may be, then they will dislike you for that. نعم. عِنْدَمَا تَسْأَلُ النَّاسِ يَبْغَذُونَكَ أَمَّا إِذَا سَأَلْتَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهُ يُحِبُّكَ لِأَنَّهُ غَنِيٌ كَرِيمٌ so if you ask the people, they will dislike that, that you want to take their property and some of their wealth and whatever it is. But if you do not ask the people, you put your trust in Allah, you seek aid and assistance in Allah, and you ask from Allah, then Allah will love you for that. هَذِهِ قَاعِدَةِ So this is a principle. إِذَا كُنْتَ تُرِيدُ الْعَمَلَ الَّذِي يُحِبُّكَ اللَّهُ If you want to know what this action is, that Allah will love you for it. وَيُحِبُّكَ النَّاسُ and the people will love you for it, then it is as the Prophet ﷺ said, having this zuhud with regards to the worldly affairs, 
not running after all of the worldly affairs. If you have what suffices you, alhamdulillah. Not to then waste all of your lives running after the luxuries and the uh, worldly affairs. Then if you do not do that, suffice what you have is sufficient. Then alhamdulillah, Allah will love you for that. And similarly, not running after what people have got and asking them for what they've got. Rather to try to be self-sufficient and make your dua to Allah and the people will love you. So this is what the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in that narration. The hadith after that too will mention, the hadith after that, عن أبي سعيد سعد بن مالك بن سنان الخدري رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا ضرره ولا ضرار The hadith of Abu Sa'id, Sa'ad ibn Malik ibn Sinan al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said la darara wa la dirar that it is not permissible to harm or for you to be a cause of harm neither to harm or for you to be a cause of harm and this hadith, there is some speech regarding its authenticity. With regards to this, it is mentioned, Hadithun Hasanun, Rawahu ibn Majah, Waddar Qutni, Wa ghayruhuma musnadan, Wa rawahu malikun fil muwatta mursala, An Amr ibn Yahya, An abihi, An ibn Sallam, Fa asqata aba Sa'id, Wa lahu turuqun yuqawwi ba'duha ba'da. Here, they mention some of the details regarding the chains, that some of the chains are connected, and some of them were not connected, there was a person missing in the chain. But then it's mentioned that there are other chains of narration, that when you combine all of these other chains of narration for this hadith, they strengthen each other. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan says regarding that, هذا الحديث من ناحية السند روية من طريقين This particular hadith, with regards to its chain of narration, then it's narrated from two different paths. Al-awwal tariqun musnad, marfu'un ila nabi One of the paths, one of the chains, is connected up to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-thani tariqun mursal, lam yudhkar fihi al-sahabi wa huwa abu sa'id. The second chain of narration for this particular hadith is mursal, Meaning in this chain, the actual companion is missing. So it says, such and such narrated from such and such narrated from such and such, who said that the Prophet ﷺ said. But the one in between that last person and the Prophet ﷺ, the companion is missing. So who did this person hear from? Which companion from the Prophet ﷺ? We don't know. So in one chain, that's missing. So a mursal, generally speaking, a mursal hadith, is what a tabi'i narrates from the Prophet ﷺ. And obviously the tabi'un didn't meet the Prophet ﷺ. The tabi'un, they narrated from the sahaba. So a mursal hadith is where a tabi'i is narrating directly from the Prophet ﷺ. So there must be a sahabi missing in there. فَالْمُرْسَلْ مَا رَوَاهُ التَّابِعِي عَنِ الرَّسُولَ ﷺ وَالْمُسْنَدَ مَا رَوَاهُ الصَّحَابِي عَنِ الرَّسُولَ ﷺ and the Musnad hadith is the one that is connected uh, to the Prophet ﷺ, as the Shaykh mentions here. Uh, and the Shaykh continues to say also, وَالْحَدِيثُ قَوِيٌّ بِمَجْمُوعِ أَسَانِيدِهِ That this hadith, it is strong when you collate all of the chains. 
When you get all of the various chains of narration for this hadith, they combine to strengthen this hadith. Uh, just as Al-Imam Nawawi said here, uh, and Al-Imam Nawawi, he mentioned that there are many chains of narration which would strengthen this hadith. So the statement of the Prophet ﷺ in this hadith, la darara wa la dirar, that there is no harming, uh, that it's not to harm anyone, nor for you to be a cause of harm to anyone. Qawluhu la darara wa la dirar. So it seems very similar, not to harm and not to be a cause of harm. And in fact, some of the scholars have even said, that there isn't actually any difference between the two statements, la darara wa la dirar. Some of the scholars have mentioned that, they've said that ad dirar, it is the same as ad darar. So some of the scholars say there isn't any difference between the two statements. La darara wa la dirar. They say dirar is darar. Darar is dirar. They say the reason it's been mentioned twice is for emphasis. Some scholars they say it's mentioned twice for emphasis. Ta'kid. But what is darar then? La darara ad darar. هُوَ مَا يُؤْذِي الْإِنسَانَ مِمَّا فِيهِ أَذَا أَوْ نَقْسِ وَالْمَطْلُوبُ أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ يَنْفَعْ وَلَا يَضُرْ يَنْفَعُ نَفْسَهُ وَيَنْفَعُ النَّاسِ وَلَا يَضُرُّ نَفْسَهُ وَلَا يَضُرُّ أَحَدًا فَضِدُّ الضَّرَرِ النَّفْعَ So darar is that which harms a person. Darar is something which harms a person. Something which has harm in it, or some type of deficiency in it, and it harms the people. So what's required is that a person is not harmful to other people, rather that he is beneficial to other people. Yanfa'u nafsahu, so that the person he benefits himself, he has goodness to himself, and goodness to other people, and benefit to other people. Not that he harms himself, لا يضر نفسه ولا يضر أحدا. Not that a person is such that he harms himself and he harms the other people. So the opposite of darar is النفر. Something useful and beneficial. To be useful and beneficial, not to be someone who harms others. وقيل. And it is also said. There's another opinion. The second opinion is that actually there's a difference between darar and dirar. The second opinion of some of the scholars is that there is a difference between darar and dirar. إِنَّ بَيْنَ الضَّرَرِ وَالْدِرَارِ فَرْقًا That there is a difference. فَالضَّرَرْ مِنْ جَانِبٍ وَاحِدٍ They say, الضَّرَرْ لَا ضَرَرَ وَلَا دِرَارِ الضَّرَرْ they say is something which occurs from one side. Something which occurs from one side. أي لا يكون منك ضرر على الناس meaning that there should not be any harm emanating from you upon the people there should not be any harm coming from you to the people no harm should be exiting from your side to the people وأما الضرار فهو يدل على المشاركة بين جانبين as for الضرار then that indicates the mutual harming that one person harm exits from him to the other and the harm returns back to him upon the other. Mutually harming each other. So some of the scholars say, darar is 
when the harm is only from one angle going to the other, and dirar is when there's mutual harming. So la darara wa la darar. فَأَنْتَ لَا تَذُرْ مِنْ ضَرِّكَ قَبْلَ بَلْ قَابِلْهُ بِالْإِحْسَانِ وَالْعَفُوْ وَالصَّحْحِ وَهَذَا مِنْ أَخْلَاقِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ So, do not meet somebody or do not return the favor to somebody by harming them if they've harmed you. Do not return back and respond to somebody with harm if they've harmed you, to the harm which has come to you. Rather, you respond back with goodness and pardoning and righteousness. وَهَذَا مِنْ أَخْلَاقِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And this is from the characteristics of the believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, قَالَ تَعَالَى فَمَنْ عَفَى وَأَصْلَحَ فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ The one who pardons and he rectifies, then his reward is with Allah. فَيَكُونُ مِثْلَ قَوْلِهِ so that will be just like the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, Do not betray the one who betrays you. Even if somebody betrays you, is treacherous to you, deceptive to you, then don't do that back to him. Don't behave in this manner that you return that and do it the same way to him again. And the principle is, the principle in Islam is that it is permissible to do justice. To do justice between the parties. Somebody oppresses you, then you can take your right back and have the justice and the equality made. That's true. That's correct in Islam. But the shaykh says, ahsan." But pardoning and forgiving, that is better. لِأَنَّهُ fadl, Because that is a virtue. It is a virtue to pardon and to forgive. That is better. Qala ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَجَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ سَيِّئَةٌ مِثْلُهَا That the recompense of an evil is an evil like it. And similarly Allah said, and that is for example, uh, a murderer kills somebody, then you can do the qisas and the murderer can be killed too. Similarly though, Allah says, فَمَنْ عَفَى وَأَصْلَحَى فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ But if somebody forgives and rectifies the affair, then his reward is with Allah. فَالْقِصَاسُ جَائِسُ So having the murderer also killed, the capital punishment, that is permissible. وَالْعَفُوا أَحْسَنْ But forgiving and pardoning is better. فَإِذَا حَصَلَ مِنْ أَحَدٍ ضَرَرٌ عَلَيْكَ فَلَا تُقَابِلْهُ بِمِثْلِهِ So if some harm occurs to you from someone, then don't respond back with another type of harm upon that person. If some harm comes to you from somebody, then don't respond back with harm upon him similar to it. هذا أحسن وَأَجْلَبُ لِلْوُدْ This is better, i.e. not responding back to that person with harm again, to get revenge or whatever, rather to forgive and to pardon. This is better وَأَجْلَبُ لِلْوُدْ And this is better to bring about love. To bring about the love, then it is better to forgive and to pardon the individual. فَإِنَّ هَذَا الَّذِي عَفَوْتَ عَنْهُ يُسْبِحُ صَدِيقًا Because this person that you forgive and pardon, he'll end up becoming your friend. قَالَ تَعَالَى As Allah said in the Qur'an, وَلَا تَسْتَوِي الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا سَيِّئَةُ That the good and the evil, they do not equal, they are not equal. إِدْفَعْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنْ فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌّ حَمِيمٌ وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا Rather, 
Respond in a manner that is better. Idfa' billati hiya ahsan. Respond in a manner that is better. And that's what the Shaykh is speaking about here now. If some harm comes to you, then don't respond back with harm again. Rather respond back with something which is better and forgiving and pardoning. This characteristic of being able to forgive and pardon, it's not something everybody has, the Shaykh says. It's not something that will be present for everyone. Not everybody can do that. وَإِنَّمَا تَحْسُلُ لِلصَّابِرِينَ Rather, this is something which is obtained, this characteristic of being able to pardon and overlook for those who are patient. The ones who have patience, they are upon patience, then they will find this characteristic. فَالَّذِي لَا يَسْبِرْ لَا As for the one who can't be patient, he won't be able to pardon or forgive anyone. أَمَّا الَّذِي يَسْبِرْ فَهُوَ يَعْفُ As for the one who is patient, he is the one who will be able to pardon. لِأَنَّ الْعَفْوَ عَنِ الْمُسِيءِ شَاقٌ عَلَى النُّفُوسِ يَحْتَاجُ إِلَى صَبْرٍ And no doubt, look at this now. The shaykh says, forgiving and pardoning somebody who has done error to you, المُسِيءِ somebody who's done bad to you, then that is شَاقٌ عَلَى النُّفُوسِ It's something difficult upon the soul. Something difficult upon the soul to pardon somebody who has done wrong to you. شَاقٌ عَلَى النُّفُوسِ يَحْتَاجُ إِلَى الصَّبْرِ It requires patience. وَالْإِنسَانُ يَتَطَلَّبُ فِي طَبْعِهِ الْإِنْتِقَامِ And a person, a human, in the very nature of a person, you desire revenge. That's the very nature of a person. Somebody wrongs you and oppresses you, you desire revenge. Desire to get your right. Desire to get the revenge. وَتَرْكُ الْإِنْتِقَامِ يَحْتَاجُ إِلَى الصَّبْرِ but leaving that revenge and that thirst for revenge, leaving that, that requires patience. فَإِذَا أَرَدْتَ فَضْلَ الْعَفُوْ فَاصْبِرْ عَلَيْهِ So if you want to have the virtue of having pardoned, then be patient upon the one who the harm came to you from. وَلَا تُطِعْ نَفْسَكَ أَلَّتِي تَطْلُبُ مِنْكَ الْإِنْتِقَامِ مِنْ ضَرَّكَ And do not be obedient to your soul. Who wishes and desires to get revenge? Don't listen to that and go and seek the revenge from the one who harmed you. Don't bow down to that. فَيَكُونُ هَذَا وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمْ مَأْنَ قَوْلِهِ سَلَّمْ لَا ضَرَرٍ So this, therefore, the Shaykh says, would Allahu A'lam be the meaning of the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu لَا ضَرَرٍ that there is no harming that should come from you. If somebody harms you or something occurs to you, then do not respond back with harm to the people. كَمَا أَنَّكَ لَا تَرْضَ الضَّرَرَ لِنَفْسِكَ Just like you would not be pleased for harm to come to you, then do not send out or oppress or harm the people. فَلَا تَرْضَهُ الْإِخْوَانِكَ So do not be content or satisfied that your brothers face harm. كَمَا أَنَّكَ لَا تَرْضَ أَنْ يُسِيءُ إِلَيْكَ Just like you would not be happy or pleased that they do wrong to you. فَلَا تُسِيءَ أَنْتَ إِلَيْهِمْ So you do not do wrong to them. And that is why the Prophet ﷺ said, لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ That none of you truly believes until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. وَأَمَّا الضِّرَارِ فَهُوَ أَنْ يَكُونَ مِنْ طَرَفَيْنِ فَإِذَا أَسَاءَ إِلَيْكَ أَحَدٌ فَالْأَحْسَنُ أَنْ تُقَابِلَهُ بِتَرْكِ الْإِنْتِقَامِ وَتَرْكِ الضَّرَرِ As for وَلَا ضِرَارِ That there is no mutual harming 
Then the Shaykh says, if somebody did harm you, then it's better for you, more virtuous for you, that you do not respond with revenge or to harm that person back, rather that you pardon and uh, this will spread the love between the people. The Shaykh says, هَذَا يَنْشُرُ الْمَحَبَّةِ بَيْنَ and this is what the scholars always mention. This is an extremely important point and extremely factual. The Shaykh says, when somebody wrongs you, and Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned the same thing, if somebody wrongs you and oppresses you, and you do not take revenge and go back after them, which is what they will expect. The person who oppresses you, they will expect you're going to come after them and seek revenge and you're going to be angry. That's what they're going to be expecting. If you do not behave in that way, and you pardon them and you forgive them, and you leave the affair and you don't do anything, then that person, as the scholars they say, he becomes like a hostage to you. He becomes under your hand. You are now above him. That person now automatically in his mind, he knows he's below you. He oppressed you, yet you had the patience, had the iman, had the understanding to forgive and pardon and not to bother. That person automatically in his mind knows now he is below you. He becomes your hostage as they say. He becomes below you now. And he becomes embarrassed and humiliated by his act. No doubt. He oppresses somebody and the person forgives and pardons. Then he will find this embarrassment in of himself. And find how he is below you now. So this is a great principle from the principles of the mannerisms in behaving with the people. فَيَنْبَغِي لِلْإِنسَانِ أَنْ يَتَجَنَّبَ الضَّرَرَ سَوَاءً كَانَ يَصْدُرُ مِنْهُ هُوَ إِبْتِدَاءً أَوْ يَصْدُرُ انْتِقَامًا مِمَّنْ أَضَرَّ بِهِ So therefore the shaykh concludes and he says, therefore it is suitable that an appropriate and what you should do is that you stay away from harming, whether you are the one harming someone or if someone has harmed you and then you want to seek revenge, stay away from that too. فَالْمُسْلِمُ يَسِيرُ عَلَى هَذَا So the Muslim, he treads upon this pathway. وَيَكُونُ مَحْبُوبًا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ And he will be beloved to Allah. وَعِنْدَ خَلْقِهِ And amongst the people and the creation of Allah. So these are advices and mannerisms that we learn from the Prophet ﷺ regarding our behavior, regarding our character, regarding that which will cause Allah to love us and the people to love us. So we should attempt and aim to practice those characteristics. That's what we'll conclude upon today. And inshallah ta'ala, uh, we'll continue from next week. Next week inshallah at 7.30 at the normal time.